Welcome to Stepping Into Health, inspiring conversations with Tamara Ortigal. Join me for engaging conversations with people who are utilizing holistic modalities to heal and transform the mind, body, and soul. You will hear amazing stories from real people who have been on the journey to reclaim their health and gain insights you can begin to incorporate into your daily self-care routine today. Welcome to episode 12 of Stepping Into Health, Inspiring Conversations with Tamara Ortigal. Today I'm chatting with David Johnston, who teaches two advanced math classes at Neuqua Valley High School in Naperville, including Algebra 2 Trig and Statistics and AP Calculus AB. Recently, I asked my son, who is currently a freshman in college, which teachers made e-learning last spring more palatable. He immediately thought of Mr. Johnston, Dave was his one and only teacher who offered support via Zoom, and my son really appreciated him using this platform for Q&A. I'm excited to talk with Dave about his experience being thrown into e-learning last spring and how he's currently helping students stay engaged. I know you're going to enjoy our conversation. Good afternoon, Dave. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, hanging in there. Just (laughs) normal stuff. You just sit there going, okay, well, what's going to happen this time? (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot to manage, right? Technology and... Oh, it's always entertaining. You never know what you're going to run into. How about that? (laughs) I know we have to practice our resilience muscle. Oh, absolutely. No question there. No question (laughs) at all. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, goodness. Well, I thought, you know, I was excited to learn more about you. And I think it's going to be an interesting conversation talking about what it's like for you to be a teacher and a parent and a community member and all that good stuff. So, Maybe if we could start with, like, how did you feel last spring when all of a sudden e-learning was put in place? Well, uh, let's be honest. Uh, You sat there going, okay, well, this is going to be different. And you started off thinking, okay, well, what can I do compared to what I normally do? And often it was some of the things you could do on a Zoom meeting and, you know, kids were just wanting to actually have you there as a support system and you could push out certain assignments and you looked at different platforms that you could pre-record lessons with and you know that was okay but it was a little bit awkward because you'd try one and that didn't work well and you'd try another and it's sort of like well that's good but it's up to a certain point and like everything you know the first time you try something it takes a little bit of time here and it it really does cause you to struggle a slight bit, but at the same time, you just keep evolving and keep improving. So, you know, it was a little bit awkward with the whole brand new thing, but um, yeah, it ended up being okay. And uh, as teachers, one of the things that's kind of good about uh, teaching down at Nikwa is there's a really good collaborative atmosphere there. Many teachers are willing to share with each other. And at least as importantly, it's the fact that if you get stuck, you can sometimes call a peer and go, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing here. And they'll be able to walk you through it. Yeah. And no, that's really the thing, right? Is for all of us to be humble enough to say, I really don't know what I'm doing and I need some help and reach out for, for that occasionally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And how about the students? Did you find that a lot of students accessed your Zoom Q&A or was it just a few? 
It really depended upon the class and it also depended upon the group. I had some students that really, really needed to have that teacher contact. Um, they were they were really struggling without it. They needed the structure. They needed the uh, authority figure to say, do this. Um, on the other hand, there were other students that took the attitude of, no, I can do this on my own. I, I don't need you pushing me, um, which was wonderful. And then, of course, you had some students that uh, really didn't much care because, well, the rules were changed a little bit. And so they had no ramifications or consequences if they didn't engage. So, yeah. Yeah, I know that was kind of a blessing and and not so much a blessing, especially at that level of math. And for those kids going on, you know, into more math in college. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So so then you had this summer to kind mm -hmm. of prepare for the fall. What did that look like? <laughs> Happy summer, right? <laughs> okay. Um, forgive me, but I'm going to be honest with you. I probably spent about half a day every day over the summer doing something school-related, um, either doing letters of recommendation for some of my juniors that were becoming seniors or uh, trying to come up with a sketch for what things were going to look like. And, you know, maybe sort of like, okay, well, if this is how it goes, then maybe I'll be able to do this and plan it out. And I'll be honest with you, I was able to probably use 10% of all the things that I ended up doing because, you know, the rules got changed within a couple of weeks of us going back to school and, everything I thought I was going to do had gotten changed. So it was a little bit frustrating to have invested that much time and energy and then have just be sitting there going, wait a second. No, shoot. But again, nobody knew a hundred percent what was happening. And, you know, I was trying to reduce my stress so that I would have something prepared. And yes, what I did have prepared did end up making my life better as opposed to somebody who just, you know, a couple of weeks before school said, all right, now I'm going to start thinking about things. I'd been kind of mulling things over for a time, but at the same time, I probably put more stress on myself by thinking about it for the two months over a summer. I know it's such a catch, right? You try to be prepared, but then sometimes, you know, winging it, we're just don't know which way to go. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Will you be able to utilize what you prepared if and when we get to have face-to-face uh, -face learning again sometime in 2021? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <I'll be laughs> okay. It, it really very much depends on what things look like. I mean, there are some things that I've got because my tentative schedule um, that I ended up coming up with um, right about a month before we ended up starting school. Um, because I was listening to the rumors and I'm going, okay, well, if things are going the way that it sounds like it might be going, this would be helpful. And that same schedule is kind of where I'm based right now. However, um, there were a few more restrictions and a couple pieces of software and a couple uh, things that were placed into place so that every teacher was in theory doing things the same way even though it wasn't necessarily the way I would do it, it was to make it more convenient for the students so that that should be able to uh, make things work a little bit easier. And I understand it's, again, forcing me out of my comfort zone to do something that allows students to be a little bit more comfortable. 
I get it, especially in this situation. It makes perfect sense to do something like that. But, you know, some of the stuff I ended up just basically having to pitch going, okay, well, that's not going to be useful here. Mm, Okay. And, and now that kids, you know, are sort of in the swing of things, what kind of support do you see them needing, especially with regard to math? Well, it's going to be, it's different. It's very, very different. It depends on the kids. It depends upon uh, the individuals. Some of them are having technology issues. Um, There are some that are, uh, you know, uh, parents' internet is just not working very well. Um, And, you know, we're close to a month in, and I was really hoping that for many of these uh, students, that's one of the things that would have been cleared up by now, uh, that they would be able to actually be there consistently for uh, a Zoom class or something. But um, on the other hand, you know, if that technology piece is there, it was why I initially was recording all of my lectures because and uploading them to YouTube because, you know, that way, if their internet crashed, they could still access it. They're not missing a class that's being uh, run live and then they drop out and they miss everything that's said there. Uh, That being said, well, you know, it's a plus and a minus. On the other hand, there are just some students that are completely feeling disconnected from other students. And that's, that's a thing. That's very much a thing because it's one of the artificial things about high school experience is you're there with people that are right smack dab in your age group. When you get to be a few years older, you're kind of used to dealing with people that uh, are outside of your, I mean, when we associate, you know, you as an adult, you're associating with people that say, oh, the world's greatest music was in the 70s. No, it was the 80s. No, it's the 90s. And everybody has their opinion. And everybody's sort of like, yeah, you're probably right. But when you're in a teen situation, you're when all with people in one age group and that's really limiting and if you're being forced out of that situation that's really discomforting to a lot of these kids the only piece of people they're socializing with are adults and their family members and yes they have social media as an outlet but it's kind of an artificial platform and that those sort of interactions that you're used to having over the lunch table they're completely lacking and some of these kids are really missing that yeah. On the other hand, um, there's just a lot of change that's been happening. And I mean a lot of change, um, you know, doing everything online and, um, you know, trying to be able to, you know, Zoom and uh, Google Classroom and, 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 and. And a lot of these kids are not used to doing that sort of thing. And change is always hard. Um, but it's going to be something that's going to help them in the end because change is one of the constants in life. But um, it's, it's an uncomfortable situation for a lot of kids right now. Yeah. Do you, does your software allow for you to do breakout sessions? So smaller groups of kids can work in groups or no? It does. But again, anytime you have that situation, it's, difficult because you you kind of because they're minors um you're supposed to still be supervising and making sure appropriate things are happening in your classroom and Um, you can't really be supervising if i do breakout rooms again it 
it's different. There are different classrooms and different teachers can do things. Whereas, you know, I'm an old fart and I unfortunately am too familiar with how things work with the law because, well, my wife's a court reporter, so I constantly get updates on what's happening <laughs> there. So yeah, better yeah, to be safe than sorry. Exactly. And that, that unfortunately is one of the things. Oh, and the one more thing that I would throw back uh, that a lot of kids are struggling with this freedom that they've got is really their biggest struggle is time management for some of them because they all of a sudden now have a lot more autonomy and they have to make wise choices with their time. And as opposed to an extremely structured environment, which is what a high school is, I mean, it's sort of like you go 50 minutes, then you've got your five minute passing period, and then you've got another 50 minutes or something like that. And you're in a room and you can't really do anything well, when we're done with a Zoom, you know, I can dismiss my kids or I can say, all right, stay here and glare at me, um, you know, uh, until, you know, your next class. That doesn't, that seems very artificial to me. So the time management piece is the one that a lot of kids, I think, is also, are also struggling with. So, sorry, no. let you get back. No, that's, yeah. Um, what, what are, what kinds of things is the school providing to help students who especially struggle with, you know, note-taking and test prep and time management and all those kinds of skills. Right. They're, um, they've been doing a really good job of rolling out uh, various uh, little things here and there, like a, um, let me see if I can find it, because um, I'm actually on right line right now looking at um, my thing. Give me a second. Um, they actually created a virtual... Um, it, it's like a, a virtual comfort room. They're actually, um, for, through their gym classes, they're um, emphasizing time management and social emotional learning. <coughs> uh, but for the students that are really struggling, uh, they're actually bringing them back to the school early to allow them to get a little more uh, structure and environment. But it's a very limited number, and those are the students that absolutely positively need that. Mm, so. That's awesome. When do you envision it, uh, going back? Is there going to be a late fall, do you believe? Or Yeah, I've heard that it's going to be 11-2 right now. Okay. Oh, that'll so. be really nice just before the holiday break. Yeah, just a little well, window there. It'll allow certain people to get things there, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I know you're a parent of a high school student and two college students. What's that like to be the parent of students who are you know, at those, you know, really critical points in their education. Yeah, well, it's interesting because you're trying to not only be uh, the parent, but as a teacher, you're trying to offer uh, support to them and make sure that they understand that it's not being completely abandoned. Um, but it's it's difficult because you see some of the things that are being done and you're going that's not necessarily in the student's best interest. So I actually asked all three of my kids, I said, how are things going? Um, and it's, it's same stuff that's still, you know, bothering people. But at the same time, you know, there's sometimes new stuff. You know, you get the normal uh, with my daughter in high school. There's the normal teenage drama there. I mean, th there's always going to be drama that's going to happen. But you throw in there 
technology issues because you know yesterday we got a call from the school because she wasn't she couldn't attend her last two classes because uh, her her uh, Chromebook wasn't connecting to the internet properly or something like that. And it's all like, yeah, well, she wasn't blowing off your class. It's she was having issues with technology. Whereas uh, getting information for from my uh, my two uh, boys who are in college, uh, the ones up at University of Minnesota and the ones uh, going to school locally here, uh, both of them are doing things remotely. Um, but uh, the, the one that's a senior uh, says, well, the science based lectures are fine, but Spanish class where it's participation and communication driven, he feels completely lost. Um, you feel like that in general, uh, there are a lot of people going through the motions, they're getting things done, but they're not learning very much. Okay. Yeah. At the collegiate level. And then, um, in general, the mental health is fine. You're feeling slightly stir crazy. And, uh, he's saying, uh, definitely go for a walk to try and get out. Um, but there are people that are struggling with isolation. Um, and, but again, how you're adapting to it depends on who you are. The, the senior says, I like the pre-recorded lessons because uh, better than the Zoom lessons because I could watch it my own pace. I could rewind it and do that sort of thing. Whereas my other son, um, who is a sophomore in engineering, um, is dealing with the increased rigor of being in his second semester and his third semester of a college engineering program, uh, the major increasing the homework load, um, he loves the live lectures um, and doesn't as much care for the uh, pre-recorded ones. Uh, he likes the self-study aspect, but he really misses the teacher's emphasis on the important topics. Um, now, and his comment was one of, yeah, I'm studying for a test, but really not certain I'm going to retain it. Um, and once again, the time management piece for him is something that is kind of struggling. But um, again, they're doing a lot of like group chat things and uh, supporting each other as best as possible. Yeah, my son yeah. is um, is at the University of Illinois, and he's really fortunate because his Spanish teacher um, had the option of doing in-person or remote. And so she did in-person, but she broke the class in half. So mm -hmm. the students only show up two days a week, but she shows up four days a week. And then uh -huh. has a small group and he really appreciates that. And then he has a business orientation class that meets in person. So he's yeah. got a little bit of a hybrid going. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, that it can be hugely positive there. Yeah. And then I think socially, you know, he's only a freshman. So uh -huh. at first he only made friends with, you know, like a real small handful of kids. And that was a little isolating. And then a couple of them got the virus and, Yep. One went into isolation on campus and another one went into isolation um, at home. Mm -hmm. And because one of them was his roommate, he then had to quarantine. So he also came home to quarantine. Um, yeah. So he's been a little back and forth on campus at home. And, um, you know, I think, you know, maybe the variety has been a little nice to help time go by. But at the same time, I think he's now back on campus and hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, can stay for the duration of the semester. Well, the novelty definitely is a huge plus because, you know, it, I'll be honest, I've actually got two desks set up um, because uh, I, I have one where I'm in my, uh, my senior in college's room. Uh, that's my primary location. But there are times I just have to get up and move to a desk that I've set up 
on the other side of the house just to move, just to get anything going there. I mean, and that's yeah, anything novelty, anything that's breaking with everything being so mundane, so over and over and over again, which is just repetitive. Yeah, right. We so, need, yeah, we need learning to be reinforced in lots of different ways. And exactly. And yeah, this is definitely one dimensional. Yes. And it's kind of, and it really is kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, is your senior in high school uh, worried at all about what college life next year might look like, or is she ready for that? I don't know that it needs to be anything like that because she's now coming to the whole, uh, at this point, again, as a high school math teacher okay i'm not in this for the money so the amount of funding i've got to support kids and sending them where to um you know where where they might want to is not uh never ending uh so one of the things that we kind of said to my daughter i mean my eldest he wanted to go away to a four-year school the entire time and that's fine um, the uh, second one is actually doing two years up at a community college up at cod because he's going, wait a second, I can save a huge amount of money. And we said that, you know, it, we've got limited funds that we can spend. And if you are going to a uh, two-year school and, a, you know, finishing out at a four-year school, um, we said, well, might as well talk about rolling a car into this. We're going to end up buying him a used car or giving him a car to use because the... Um, you know, it, it's it, it, in terms of finances, it just makes sense. You know, it, he, we're going to be saving so much money. Um, but we're, my daughter is in the situation where she wants to potentially go to a four year school. But at the same time, that financial piece is something where she's got to come to a decision. So right now she's going through the process like she's going to go to a four year school. But, you know, is trying to decide what is the best thing for her. Mm-hmm. So that that's a struggle. I think a so. lot of people of all different economic um, ranges are feeling the same thing. You know, the whole question of what is the value of a four-year college now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there were parents, you know, who said, let's shift, you know, switch gears now. And some mm-hmm. kids did stay home and, and COD is such a great school. And there's lots of other wonderful community colleges you know, oh, throughout yeah. the Chicago area, but also throughout the country. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But I think parents who had, you know, have the younger high school students are looking ahead saying, wow, I, I can save a lot of money and the, the learning is going to be really similar. So um, why not do a hybrid yeah, well, approach? But see, and there's, there's the thing as I'm looking at my, you know, again, it depends on the maturity of the students. Um, you know, my, my elder son, okay. I'm getting more into detail than I need to, um, but he just got done taking his MCATs this past weekend. And so he added that onto his plate and doing the remote learning and, 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 and he was okay. He was stressed, but he was okay because that's who he is. He can handle that sort of juggling, that sort of time management. Whereas the second son, you know, he's still in the maturation process and, you know, this is working out well because, my wife and I have been able to support him as he has been going through the whole, I'm struggling with this stuff, dad, and I'm, I'm not used to having this much homework. I've never had to spend this much time on homework. Wait a second. This, this is how things are. And that's sort of like, yeah. 
-hmm. And one of the conversations was, and I'm, I'm sure this is something that you've had to have, you know, with your kids is at a certain point, you're not going to say to them, oh, things are going to get better. No, I say it's not going to necessarily get better. You're going to get better. You're going to be able to adapt to, you know, what's able to do this. And that sort of light bulb moment with my son really helped him to get his, himself together a lot better. And it's sort of like it was a it, it was more of a, OK, this is difficult. This is OK. I'm not happy with what I'm doing, but I am improving. And it's that sort of thing that can be helpful and allows that sort of thing to happen. Whereas didn't need to do that with my elder son. But with my second son, again, he needed it. He needed to be there to have that sort of support. Well, I think it's always interesting to our personalities. Um, sometimes we're not good at advocating for our own mental well-being. And I know even with oh, yeah. listening to my husband talk with work people and about things, you know, from the beginning, I'm such a social person that from the beginning, I was meeting people on the driveway or at a park. Um, mm -hmm. you know, trying mm -hmm. to still have FaceTime. And so it's been fun mm -hmm. to watch him adapt this kind of thing in the workplace where he's had a couple picnics with colleagues, really? you know, and they found huh. central locations, you know, just four or six of them. And one, yeah. And then somebody lives by a beach um, in the Northern suburbs. And so they took a little road trip and they went out to the beach and, you know, had a picnic at the beach. And that so sounds think, awesome. Yeah, if we can encourage our kids who are feeling isolated um, to have a study meeting with a friend, you know, outside or mm -hmm. safely inside, mm -hmm. um, you know, that goes a long way. Or just, you know, how can I create the environment that I can thrive in? Absolutely. And what does that look like? And that, you know, that was one of the things I was telling to... my, my students, uh, you know, when we were early on and I knew some of the kids were struggling after the summer. I said, okay, everybody's off for lunch at the same time. Instead of just sitting on your back, you know, in sit sitting at your, you know, desk to eat your lunch, why don't you go outside and FaceTime or, you know, Skype with a friend of yours over lunch? And I do know that some of the students did do that because you take advantage of that time and you're much more likely to be stable. Yeah. Well, and also like in high school, you know, you... Um you do live within, you know, usually 10 or 15 minutes of your friends. And so, yeah, finding mm -hmm. that central location where you can just, you know, say hi for 10 minutes can yeah. go a long way to making a nice day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I know when I talked to you initially, you were sharing that you have a yoga mat in one of your offices. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. So tell me, you know, how do you how do you incorporate yoga into your day? So what I can do is it depends upon the day and it also depends on uh, what sort of workload I have and what sort of stress level I have. Um, I'll be honest with you. I've got a little uh, yoga thing through, I think it's a Nike training club. It's uh, pretty much 20 minutes where you can just stretch out and all the stress and tension that you um you know, can build up from sitting in the same position for hours. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here and if I was to show you a picture of my desk right now, I have got a computer, uh, a, a, a normal laptop computer with the screen up. 
I've got a monitor next to it. So I'm extending the screen there. And I also have a second computer uh, that I'm using. And at various points in times during the class, if I'm trying to do something, I have to get that second computer and I actually log in as a second person to try and be uh, able to interact. And it's that trying to, to react to what the students are giving me in terms of feedback, which is very limited, unlike what is you know, normal. I mean, yeah, I, you as a teacher, and I've done this for like 20, I'm not gonna admit how many years, <laughs> I, uh, many of my reactions are those nonverbal communications, those, those facial reactions, that slight head turn, and that looking, you know, that, that bent uh, eyebrow that you can't see. And so anything I can do to react to some sort of feedback from a student is huge, um, but it, it's, it's a little bit more limited there. Yeah. But <laughs> as you're sitting here with, I've got all of this stuff in front of me, papers and computers and everything else, it's just sometimes you have to take a break, sit up, and go for a walk. Or in some cases, I, I move the yoga mat into another room. So I have to get up and move and actually walk a little bit. So I can do that for 20 minutes. And in some cases, it's 20 minutes in between classes. Um, in some cases, it's 20 minutes at the end of the day. Um, in some cases, it's going to be something I'm going to do at the end of the day as I'm winding down trying to get into bed for the night. Um, occasionally, if it's been just a really rough night and I've got a little time before I get started, I may do it first thing in the morning. But um, it, it's a something that's done at least three times a week. And it just getting that stretching out and getting things loosened up and getting your body back into normal motion. So nice. Yeah, I'm really an advocate of yoga. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What else are you doing? What are, what are some other things that you're doing to stay healthy during this time? Well, um, I've been forcing myself to exercise um, and doing things where, how can I put this? Um, in between the getting married some, well, it was actually this year, it's 31 years ago. In oh, between congrats. now and then. Yeah. Yay. Woohoo. Yeah. What can I say? I, I got very lucky. <laughs> she puts up with me. Um, but uh, no, it's, uh, it, I have put on, you know, a good amount of weight. I used to be much more focused on my physical condition and just life, stress and other stuff. I'm trying to be much more intentional about, you know, committing half hour to an hour a day on some form of exercise. Uh, it might be running, it might be you know, doing some, some sort of aerobic activity. It might be uh, lifting weights, anything that I, but the intention is this, do something where I can't really be thinking about what I have to do when I get back to my desk and leave it behind for 20 to, you know, for that 30 minutes to an hour or sometimes even longer. Um, to leave it behind, to be able to close my mind off and just concentrate on, you know, if I'm running the road in front of me and the workout that I'm doing, uh, if I'm doing lifting, I'll turn on the TV and watch something that is completely different than grading or lesson planning or math related. 
seriously, to shut that part of my mind off for a little bit so I'm not spinning. Um, so it's really great you know, advice because right when you have a really big workload, sometimes you just stay in it, dread, yeah. you know, just trying to plow through it and it doesn't always work that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, uh, exercise, um, I have been meditating and praying and making sure doing again, time out at some point during the day, you know, sometimes it's five to 10 minutes to just sort of, okay, reset, calm yourself down. You're, you're getting, getting on a roll. And so like, okay, we're good. It's all getting there. And the, the hard part is it, there's very much, a, the greatest stress that I'm running into comes from two things. Number one, um, I know what I want to do in order to, to maximize engagement. But I also know what I'm capable of doing. And there's a gap there. So there is going to be stress. Okay. I, I know what I want to do and what I'm capable of actually doing. And that gap is, drives you nuts. That being said, you know, said, there's also, I feel the stress from my students in some cases where it's like, I, I can tell there are students that are completely stressed out. I'm getting emails from parents that are completely stressed out. And I have to help them to relieve their stress in order for them to be able to function properly in the classroom or for them to maximize their performance in the classroom. So because they're stressed, I'm trying to, I'm getting stressed trying to de-stress them. And it's sort of like, okay, but then I also have to watch myself. So I, I, that's a very long answer to it's, your question, but I'm hoping that that kind of covers things. Well, that is the thing, right? You know, you're really in this collaboration with the student, the parents, and yourself, and the mm -hmm. school requirements, um, mm -hmm. you know, trying to make it, you know, and I'm sure you don't have complete freedom to, oh, no. you know, do, um, you know, it would be so nice, right, if you could have study sessions outside, you know, or... Uh, sh don't tell anybody, but I've actually set up during times when I don't have uh, classes, uh, I have set up Zoom sessions with students, uh, groups of students, uh, because we had uh, last week, uh, they gave the SAT uh, at the school for the seniors because the juniors couldn't take it because of COVID. Well, what that meant was um, my students that I normally see on Wednesday, I didn't see at all. And I was going into assessments in uh, both of the classes that meet on that on Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, I didn't get a chance to see them. So I said, OK, I'm budgeting this half hour uh, for your class and I'm budgeting this 45 minute for your class. Just come in and ask me questions if you've got anything. Now, again, one group, I had nobody show up. But for another class, I had seven students show up to ask me questions. And That's it was, awesome. but again, but it has to do with the group and the class and what they're doing. I mean, it's, it varies widely uh, over the course of your day and how much engagement is there. And one of the things I do is, you know, as opposed to the normal fixed period where the kids are in the room for what, 45 to 50 minutes, I, I don't even remember. There are times I will get done. My personal philosophy is I don't like to listen to myself talk that much. So I'm not going to stand up talking, talking, and talking the entire period just to, you know, fill up the time. 
I say, okay, go ahead and get to work. And then I can wander around the room and hopefully clarify some of the students' questions. That's a little bit more difficult in this Zoom environment. So what I'll do sometimes is, you know, again, these kids don't know each other. They've never seen each other face to face. They haven't broken down those barriers yet. So often what'll happen is I'll dismiss class a few minutes early off Zoom and I'll say, hey, stick around if you've got any questions. And invariably there's a couple kids that do have questions. They just didn't want to ask in front of everybody. So that, that, that's a way you kind of bend the rules a bit. I'm probably letting the students out a little bit earlier than I should, but I'm also reaching some of the students that I wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think, yeah, the flexibility that you show is gonna reap rewards for the students. Well, that's the goal, that's the goal. Yeah, and, and is the grading pass-fail at this time? No, um, but it's, I'll be honest, as teachers, we're looking at it and it's much more right now, uh, I'd say it's more participatory as opposed to performance-based. Yes, there is a performance piece of it, but um, whereas, I mean, for example, calculus. Uh, when you're teaching calculus, uh, you're expecting it to be majority, uh, how well do you do on tests and quizzes? Well, okay, I can't really supervise these tests and quizzes. I, I don't know who's taking them. Um, is it really fair to have a grade based off of, hey, I've got an older brother that, you know, is, you know, a, a math whiz and is working out my test for me, um, you know, and I could get an A with that. Whereas the student that doesn't have that, um, you know, it, it's not fair. So it's more of a, are you doing the work? There is some evaluation in it, but it's much less than it would normally be. Yeah. Well, and actually, you know, teaching kids to be resourceful is yeah, it's important and, and helpful in the real world. So absolutely. Yeah, I know. I absolutely. Have, I have three kids with three different personalities. And I always laugh because my firstborn is more inclined to look things up himself to watch a YouTube video. He likes to find yep. the answer. Um, my middle son is more like, who do I know that knows more than I do that might be able to, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. turn the light bulb on for me. And then my youngest is really a hybrid between the two. So it's, it's kind of fun. And then to compare them to my husband and me and we're, you know, yep. how, how are we? So it's exactly. all those skills will, you know, be beneficial down the road. Well, and it's good for them to reach out beyond what they're used to. I mean, and this is, this is really disconcerting for many students um, to be in this situation. Whereas I think that probably a lot of the college students are a little more used to it because that is more of a collaborative environment already where, I mean, it, I try and always prepare my students. Okay, in high school, you get your information most of the time from the teacher. I mean, you really do. And what I try to do encourage, to encourage is study groups um, with uh, many of my classes. Well, that's not exactly realistic right now. But again, once we get back into school, I've had numerous uh, students tell me that, yeah, that study group thing was a great idea um, because they learn to teach each other. And that ends up being a hugely positive thing um, and it allows them to be able to build success. And it's not always the same students in each class. 
Um, but they're able to really be the different people. But the, the positive thing from this is it's forcing some kids to do things that they wouldn't normally do. And that might end up benefiting them. In some cases, this is just going to be a disaster that they're looking forward to putting in their taillights. Yeah. I wonder if you could give them an assignment to, that they have to be in charge of setting up a Zoom call with one other student. Um, wow. So they can learn how to, how to do that. And then mm -hmm. that can be like either a getting to know you session or a help session or whatever they want to make it. Um, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they can really learn how to use that technology for their benefit. Yeah. And long-term that that's going to be a, a positive uh, thing for them. Yeah. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Cause we don't know how long we're going to be living off of zoom calls. <laughs> well, I, I think, unfortunately, I think this, I think we have seen a, a shift uh, I think there are going to be people are going to say, yes, we're going to do this now by Zoom. And I think things are people are starting to evaluate things and look and say, you know what, uh, this is something that we really shouldn't keep trying to do. And there are other things where it's so like, why on earth were we trying to do it this way? That, that's a complete and total waste of time. Why don't we just do a Zoom call and we can get this cleared up fairly quickly without having to bring everybody uh, together? And I think that sort of. It'll be interesting to watch and see, you know, how many of these businesses that are looking at, do we really need to have an office? And that'll be, it'll be interesting to watch. It is going to be different. Yeah. I know my husband's company is definitely flourishing in this environment and um, they're going to start bringing mm -hmm. people back to work probably in November or December as well, but optional, mm -hmm. very, very much, you know, that oh, yeah. person, for those people who are really excited about it, they're going to go first and, and then the people mm -hmm. who don't want to, they may never. And it's nice to have those options down the road. Oh, and that could be, a, again, helping people to be able to be more comfortable in what they're doing, that, that's an asset. I mean, and it's one of the things that I, again, completely as an aside, but one of the things I always tell my students when they're trying to decide what school they want to go to, I say, make sure that whatever school you're looking at, you feel comfortable at. Not that you're necessarily getting that, quote unquote, the best school, because I've known lots of students over the past 20 some odd years that they got into, quote unquote, their dream school. And when they got there, it was just awful because they were living up to somebody else's expectations. Whereas they ended up transferring, they went to a school where they felt comfortable and they just flourished. It's really good advice. I know I went to um, Augustana. And I loved, mm -hmm. I loved a couple things about it. I loved that my professors were experts in their field and, mm -hmm. um, and they knew a lot. And then I loved that mm -hmm. they, I had access to them and they knew who I was. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, expected that if I had questions, I would go to them and that I participated during class and things like that. So the small environment was good for me. Um, but I came out of a small Catholic high school. So mm -hmm. um, my kids coming out of Niqua were not interested in a small liberal arts school and ended up at U of I and, yep. th and thrived there. AKA, AKA Niqua South. There yes. are so many. Yeah. It, there, there are a large, you cannot walk across campus without 
bumping into a large number of Nequa kids there because, I mean, you're looking at a school that's just under 4,000 students. Of course, you're going to run into some Nequa students there. But sure. no, I completely understand because uh, my original undergraduate was from Illinois Wesleyan, uh, you know, cross town, well, not cross town, uh, cross Illinois rivals with uh, Augustana. Yeah. But I went to Glenbard South and um, again, that was a school that my graduating class was a grand total of 300 students. And, you know, whereas compared to at Nequa, we're over three times that for a graduating class. Yeah, I know. It was funny, too, because when I went to grad school, then I was between Loyola and Benedictine. And I ended mm -hmm. up choosing Benedictine because it was really close to home. And again, the same, you know, really wonderful professors. And I felt oh, yeah. you know, it worked. It worked for me. Yeah. But yeah. it's and but that is a thing. It's a what is comfortable. And there, there is something to be said for always pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. I mean, I, for example, I did a, an activity today that I completely lifted from one of my peers with his permission, of course. Um, and I, it was just it was very uncomfortable for the first time I presented it. And then the second time it went a little bit better. And forcing yourself to do uncomfortable things is a positive thing. However, that being said, when you're not feeling safe, when you're not feeling empowered, yeah, that, that's not a healthy place to be. So it's achieving that balance there. And I'm really hoping that, you know, as time goes on, the students will be able to achieve that sort of balance. Yeah. What are one or two tips that you have that you'd like to share with your students on how to excel in this environment? Um, I, I'm going to give you two words here. Um, I'm going to say, and there are two words that I'm trying to live with and force myself to grant myself. Um, there's the word uh, endurance. Um, I, I started off early in the year, uh, and I'm completely, once again, lifting this from somebody else because I'm, I wish I was more intelligent to be able to come up with these genius ideas. Uh, he said, uh, be like the elephant. And I sat there going, what on earth is this guy talking about? He said, no, 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 be like the elephant because what does an elephant do as it is going across you know, the plains? Um, do you think about an elephant as being you know, a sprinting animal? No, you don't. Do you think of an elephant as being an, uh, an animal that doesn't move ever? No, there's something that stays in motion. An elephant in motion is methodical. It keeps going and it is powerful. And if you keep going and endure, instead of trying to do, oh, I'm going to sprint like a cheetah, I'm going to go from this to this, and then I'm going to do nothing. And I'm saying to my students, do the daily stuff. Be like the elephant. Show up. I'm going to do this today. Then tomorrow I'm going to do this today. Then tomorrow I'm going to do this. As opposed to, oh, I'm not going to do anything for a week, and then I'm going to try and do it all at once. That's exhausting. Um, and it also is going to make things a little more stressful. So I'm encouraging them to be taking an endurance perspective. Oh, I like that. The other the, the other thing that I'm going to say is, and again, I'm going to use a, a term that, you know, may be too religious for some people. There's a term grace, okay? Grace is something, giving something to somebody that they don't deserve. 
okay? Mm -hmm. We all like to be able to achieve things and we like to be able to take pride in what we've done. But you know what? You have to be able to grant yourself grace. You have to be able to say to yourself, you know what? I've done the best I possibly can today and now I need to stop and give myself a break. And be content with, you know what? You may not be able to be everything that you absolutely positively want to be. Now, I am a person that is used to achieving things. I, I, I very much like to be, uh, I'd like to think that I'm in the top of whatever I'm doing. Not necessarily the best, but I want to be one of the best. But I'm also, the older I get, the more I'm discovering, you know what? As long as I'm doing the best that I can, that needs to be enough. Because if I continue to push myself to be, oh no, I gotta push myself harder because I'm not the best, that's not gonna be healthy for my mind, my body, or anything. So I'm trying to you know, encourage students to grant themselves a bit of grace um, I'll get parents, you know, sending me emails saying, oh my gosh, I got this. And I'm going like, breathe, relax. It's okay. I'll grant him grace on this assignment. So don't worry about it. Try to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So those would be the two, I would say endurance and grace would be the two things that I would emphasize for students. Take the long-term approach. Don't worry about, don't worry about when today goes bad, because today will go bad sometimes. You got to let it go. Um, and you got to move on and move on to the next thing. And it's that, that long-term perspective and granting yourself some grace, I think will long-term help these kids. Yeah. I think that's the thing with what's going on, you know, throughout coronavirus is that the time that we get to spend with each other and the moments that we have and the conversations that we're having these things mm -hmm. are going to last in us forever. Um, and so I think too, you know, it's not the, it's not the math itself. It's the class oh, no. and the environment oh, no. and the community that you're setting up that kids Absolutely. will never, ever forget the support that, I got that, from. I, well, I, I would like to think that that's going to be the case. Um, you know, yes, I have my curriculum. I absolutely have my curriculum, but I have an underlying curriculum there because to me, I want them, yes, I want them to be able to learn math because overall, I want what I'm teaching them to allow them to have success at whatever the next step they have to have is. And if they don't learn the material that I, am, that I need to teach them, if they don't learn that, um, that means in some cases, these are students who will not be able to move on and move forward. They, they're going to have to either tread water or go backwards. And that's, that's a tragedy that I don't want anybody to have to experience. That being said, I'm also trying to teach them various life skills because it's so much of life is your perspective. It's being able to say, okay, what can I do to, uh, how about this? Uh, I'm going to once again borrow from somebody. Uh, stop trying to say, okay, this is my goal and focus on that goal. Instead, focus on how you're going to achieve the goal. Break it into the smaller pieces and, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm running into problems on this. Okay, stop. What do we need to do? How do we break this apart? 
and make it so that it is a much more achievable thing as opposed to this overwhelming, overarching umbrella that adds such stress. If you instead just break it down to a series of little pieces that you need to attack, it's much more achievable. Mm-hmm. That is exactly my philosophy with health. And that's why I named my Facebook page originally and this podcast Stepping Into Health, because it is, it's all the little things that we do um, yep. that end up getting us where we want to go. And, um, and it's, you know, people can handle a lot more in a bite-sized chunk than they can all at once. And I'm about to pull another one that I actually heard from uh, a runner. Uh, Her mom used to tell her uh, to eat the elephant. Apparently it's an, it's an old African proverb um, that, okay, eat the elephant. You know, you sit there going, that sounds gross and disgusting, but (laughs) um, could a person theoretically eat an elephant? Sure. You just take one bite at a time. Yep. You got to take one bite at a time. And you know what? Um, One bite at a time is going to be how people are going to achieve a healthier mindset, a healthier body. Um, It's not focusing on, I did what I wanted to do today, and I'm not seeing the results that I like. It has to be a long-term perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, with so many words of wisdom and I love your dedication to your students. You know, like I mentioned at the beginning, um, Jonathan was really, you know, happy that you were there for him last year. I don't know how often he attended the Zoom, but he loved knowing it was out there for him if he needed it. So, well, um, honestly, Jonathan was a great kid. I mean, don't, don't take it the wrong way. I don't say that to everybody. There are some students who, you know, were there going through their motions, but it was clear to me that, you know, he was absorbing and it was, it was not a just passive, I'm going to do this fine. It was a, he was engaged. And that, that's what I love to see is that full on engagement. That, that's wonderful. So congratulations to you as a parent for helping to raise somebody who took that, uh, attitude of engagement and it definitely came in handy too you know he's going to move on and have a great deal of success yes thank you so much yeah well and thank you for your time today i'm very excited to share this podcast um i you know want people to realize that you know teachers are you know using their creative uh, abilities and you know they're obviously um specific knowledge base to do the best for our kids possible and that we're working together to make this endurable and um, a successful experience to the best that we can. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, and I, again, it's the long-term perspective is no, I don't know of anybody that's absolutely thrilled about what's going on, but take the endurance perspective, just hold on. We're going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, great talking to you and enjoy the rest of your day and stay well. well. It was my pleasure and thank you. Take care. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today. What an amazing conversation with Mr. Johnston. Like so many people, he is going above and beyond to support his students so they can thrive in this e-learning environment. 
His balanced approach to staying mentally and emotionally fit are going to serve him well and be an example his students can follow. I absolutely loved his closing remarks on how to eat an elephant. If you liked this podcast, please share it with someone you love and be sure to hit the subscribe button so you can listen to our upcoming episodes. If you'd like to connect with me, please check out my Stepping Into Health Facebook page or my website, TamaraOrtigal.com. Have a wonderful day. Be well, everyone.